Blog Talk Radio. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> I'm as tired as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now the host of the Stupid Cancer Show, Matthew Zachary. Monday, April 26th. And welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adults with cancer. Got cancer under 40 sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show is about stupid testicular cancer. In our Survivor Spotlight, April Capel, Capil, Capil. My apologies in advance to April. Young adult survivor of breast cancer and the author of Recipe for Lemonade. And in our two principal segments here, musicians and survivors of testicular cancer, John Schrader and Michael Tiernan, phenomenal artists, composers, performers, singers, songwriters. As a reminder, this program is a, uh, man, I'm, I'm off tonight. We're going to explain why I'm off tonight, folks, but this broadcast is a program of the I'm Too Young With This Cancer Foundation. On the web at i2y.com, we help young adults fight cancer every day and are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight. Why? Because survival rates and quality of life in young adults have not improved in 30 years. So hello, my friends, and welcome to yet another fun-filled and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. And a stupid cancer welcome to all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, broadcasting live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. I am Matthew Zachary, a 14-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. Please welcome my official partner in crime here on the Stupid Cancer Show, hailing right here from New York City, 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, acclaimed journalist, former deputy editor of TV Guide, and former entertainment news correspondent for the Fox News Channel, the lovely and talented Lisa Bernhard. Hi, Maddie G. Bernhard. <laughs> I think this is every show. Uh, Bernhard. Fabulous. Yes. How are you? I have to do what I can to keep your love and trust. You've got my love and trust, baby. Oh, You had fan. me at hello. You know that. Wait, where's my giggity button? Giggity, 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 giggity. There we go. <laughs> Very nice. 
Anyway, uh, up next, of course, let me introduce our chief cancer anarchist and brand-new vice president of grassroots programming for the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation, Jack Buffard. Actually gets applause tonight. And a VP title. It's about time. It is about time. How's it going? So super props to Jack Buffard. He will be monitoring our live concurrent interactive chat room. So if you have a question for our guest, shoot him his way. There's a small chance he might pay attention to you. And, of course, joining us uh, back in the studio tonight for a small hiatus for some medical drama, uh, we are very privileged to have back Amanda Freeman. Hi, dear. Hello, Matt. How are you? Oh, I'm feeling much better. You ever get that, but you look great. I, I, I've been getting it quite frequently, and I'm like, yes, but I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You've been through a, a tough two weeks, but we're glad you're here. Me too. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And thank you for visiting my wife. We'll get to that in a minute. Hey, Matt, you, you know about the whole, like, but you look great thing? Yeah. When I finished treatment and I started to lose my prednisone weight and grow my hair back and sort of return to normal, whatever that means for us, a lot of people came up to me and they're like, wow, you look great. And I would say, thanks, so do you. What type of cancer did you have? <laughs> <laughs> and then they would say, I didn't have cancer. I'm just morbidly obese. There you go. Fantastic. Amanda's already taught herself a new hobby. She's knitting. She's, yes. She's just out of the hospital, and she's already knitted it in almost an entire sweater for a friend of hers who's having a baby. Maybe Not she was inspired baby. by all the geriatrics she was hanging out with. <laughs> Is that it, Amanda? Definitely. There Definitely, we go. she says, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Boy, she's knitting away. So, uh, Lisa, it's nice to have you back in studio. How have you been? I've been terrific. I'm very pleased to be back in studio. It's fun. It's fun to see your smiling faces. You've got a lot of growth on your face, Matt. That's from hanging out at the hospital, I bet. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, for those of you that are not aware, <laughs> and, uh, there are hopefully <laughs> far fewer than I hope. Um, my wife Wait, is, wait, you're married? I'm married. Oh. Darn, he's taken. For almost five years now. You know, let me take an aside to that. I got paid one of the nicest compliments I've ever gotten. You know, I was never a ladies' man. I only had, like, two oh. real relationships in my life. Yeah. And yeah. I got paid the nicest compliments. So, I t you know, I have an ego for one thing, but I have no ego for other things. So I'll take this where I can get it. But someone said to me something like, where is the you in Los Angeles? Because I need to find that man and marry him. Oh, that gets a big all. Do you have yeah. a button for that? Um, actually, I have <laughs> I have this. This might work. Let's try this one. Ooh. I was expecting that. What, what, what? From South Park. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some young woman, presumably, out there looking for you in L.A. Looking for the a, a clone of me in Los Angeles who's the marrying kind. Sweet. So anyway, with Wait, that, is it, it's all right. She's out of luck. But doesn't Jason Alexander already exist? <laughs> what, the marrying man? No, George Costanza. That's he's who I see when I look at you. That is a not, very bad joke. He's not George Costanza. No, Jack gets this for a bad joke. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, for those of you out there that are not aware, my wife, and yes, I'm married for almost five years now, is almost nine months pregnant and is having a scheduled C-section this Friday at 2 o'clock, and at which point I will be a father of a little boy and a little girl. Nice. Yes. Is it too late to get 2 o'clock on Friday in the baby pool? <laughs> <laughs> that gets live applause. We get live applause from the audience. Not just pre-recorded. Yeah. So, Actual live applause. So this is your last show on Normal Sleep. Yeah, uh, honestly, this is the absolute last show that I will be broadcasting uh, with some... Uh, I don't know, some cognizance? 
You know what? That's not really, well, about the sleep, that's not really true. This is a man, Jack, you know this, Matthew does not sleep anyway. That's true. He's yeah. A, I, I joke that if he does sleep, he sleeps standing up. <laughs> like a horse? <laughs> At a keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, we could go mat <clears throat> tipping, like cow tipping. And Matt, <laughs> what's my favorite cure for insomnia? My music? That's right. Okay. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. You know, I it's just, better than Ambien. Uh, I'm, I, I just have to say, just so folks know, technical difficulties here. Uh, we are a high uh, production value uh, broadcast. However... I'm crashing out of the uh, chat room, so I'm sorry, folks. If anybody's writing stuff in the chat room that I'm not responding to, it's because I'm uh, crashing out of it here. Let me relaunch the chat room. Let's see if that helps. Of course, coming out of a week that my hard drive crashed on uh, Friday night, the second hard drive that got wiped clean in two years. So, All right, I'm relaunching the chat room, so if anybody is listening to the show in the chat room, you may need to refresh your window uh, to hear the... Uh, hear the audio, but again, we are dealing with the vagaries of Internet technology and are slaves to that. Or if anybody's an astrologer, maybe they know if Mercury's in retrograde or something like that. Just, I think that makes all uh, technological gear. Does so it have to part. do with the moon? Because Matt's beard is growing in. Yeah, so I've been staying over the hospital He's with my werewolf. wife, who has not yet logged in, but I, I will say, you know, I can't really say anything too bad about NYU. She's at NYU here in New York City. Uh, it's a phenomenal hospital. She's getting great care. But the room kind of sucks. And, um, you know, there's no bathroom on the floor for caregivers, so I have to walk up the flight of steps in my, in my as Jack was in my pajamas. Carrying your bedpan? Carrying my bedpan, exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, yeah, I've been sleeping in the room with her, and I have really had not a single moment to shave in the last week or so, so I'm getting all caveman gruffy. You're a werewolf. I am. I am. So, uh... Yeah, and Amanda, who paid a visit to my wife, and thank you for doing that, can attest that uh, the walls are kind of cruddy, and it could use some southwestern aesthetics. Who's the guy that does the the makeover, whole makeover shows? Oh, Ty Pennington? Yeah, we need that guy. He oh. needs to come to NYU and redo my wife's antepartum room. You know I didn't know that answer, right? I, I wasn't looking at you. Okay. If I was, I'd be stupid. You're the king of reality TV, Jack. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I don't watch those stupid no, you, makeover that's shows. That's right. You only watch The Bachelor. I do watch The Bachelor. Yeah. Okay. Enough said. There we go. All right. Well, let's get to our, our Survivor Spotlight tonight. We're actually running on time, and hopefully it should be a good show. All righty. In our Survivor Spotlight, April Kapil is a breast cancer survivor and blogs about sustainability and survival at her website, aprilkapil.com. She holds a green MBA in sustainable enterprise. Is that the color of the paper? A green MBA in sustainable enterprise and recently published her first book, Recipe for Lemonade. Available on Amazon.com. An avid runner and walker, Kapil is training for the 2010 New York City Marathon as part of her 40 by 40, a series of athletic events she put together to commemorate her five-year survival milestone, her 40th birthday. Please welcome... To the stupid cancer show, April Capil. April. Hey, Matthew. I do believe I butchered your name earlier, but it is Capil, correct? It's Capil, actually. Capil. I told you. It. Don't worry. Uh. So then can we call you April Capil? Uh, I mean, no, it looks that's like it's right. <laughs> Has you anyone can call ever me called Lemon you? Drop? That was lemon my nickname drop. at first defense. 
Oh, that was real. And how did you get that name? How? Yeah, what's that? What's that about? As I know how to make lemonade out of lemons. From the oh. book. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I have to ask you this question because you know you know our organization pretty well. Has anyone, uh-huh. anyone ever called you April Capril? Oh my God, all the time. Thank you. My nickname yes. in college was Capril. Capril, there well, you that's go. What it, when you look at it in print, it looks like it's a name that should rhyme. People put an R in it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Would you have killed your parents if they named you April Capel? You know, I have to say, I I I might get a few jokes on that. But the funny <laughs> thing is, my sister's name is Rachel, so people say Rachel Capel all the time. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. <laughs> Man, your parents were very intelligent when they uh they made. If you do them like. My birthday's in January, but if you do the math, I was conceived in April, although I, I never got the whole story on that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Mm. Well, I mean, so you were diagnosed at 35 years old. Your five-year cancer anniversary was when you turned 40? Um, I was diagnosed at 34, and so my five-year anniversary will be like two weeks before my 40th birthday. Ah, which, which is, is when? when? Um, let me do this the math. Uh, 2014. <laughs> December 19th, uh, 2013 will be my my five-year cancer anniversary. December 29th? Uh, 19th. December 19th. Good good for you. Good for mm-hmm. you. So I'll let, uh, I'll let Lisa turn this over because we are very big into green and sustainability. It's something that our, we love to talk about with our listeners. It's also clearly something that cancer survivors buy into much more because we're more concerned about, you know, recurrence. What are we eating? What's going through our bodies? What are we breathing in? Where are we living? So... Lisa, all you are, or you. Uh, fabulous. I love having a breast cancer uh, survivor on uh, a testicular cancer show, too. I know. I'd just like to say, for the record, <laughs> I have never had testicular cancer or testicles, just well, just for the record. You've well, got a lot of balls coming onto this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the, you the know, beautiful thing is that, like testicular cancer, you can only get it twice. You stole my line, Jack, by the way. Sorry. I've heard <laughs> my face. All right. Uh, no, we're uh, we're, you, we're you thrilled. You stole my heart, so we're here. It's not a tumor. <laughs> we're thrilled that you're here. So tell great, us. Great, I'm, I'm happy to be here. So you have you so you do have a green MBA, which means more than just putting it on a green piece of paper, as Matt said. Yes, um, most MBAs are teach you financial management and metrics of um, financial data, but our program taught us how to do that with social and environmental data and metrics as well. So. You know, part of the thing with green is translating it into dollars because, you know, you you have to know the you have to be able to take numbers and turn them into like the benefits of paying your employees a fair wage or, you know, having a sunlit office instead of a fluorescent light lit office. Sure. So how have you have you put this into practice yet? Because I know you've written your book, which we'll get to shortly. Um, mm-hmm. But what, but what have your, what have you taken out into the world with your with your green MBA? Well, it's interesting. Um, I started a small business called Fridgebox that was a cardboard playhouse for kids, and I actually had to close it um, because I I ran into shipping problems right before the bailout, and then a month after the bailout, it I was diagnosed with cancer. So, um, it was the interesting part about it was that having a green MBA and being told that I had to put um, petrochemicals developed by multinational corporations into my bloodstream to save my life um, was a little bit of an existential crisis. Um, <laughs> to say yeah, the least. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Um, but it was, you know, it, I do intend to, like, restart my business and um, and get back into sustainable enterprise. It's just been hard because with the economy, one of the greatest ways to save money is to go 
screen to be energy efficient. I even have a video on my YouTube about how to do that for free. You just basically call your local utility and they'll do an audit for you. In almost every state in America, if you're a small business and you call your local utilities, they have a program for efficiency that will save you money and make you greener. And how is it getting more common to actually earn a green MBA? Where did you get yours from? I got mine uh, from Dominican University. Uh, there's a lot more programs now than oh. there were. Like when I went to a green festival five years ago, um, there was like two people with tables. And now if you go to any green festival, they have them in Chicago, um, California, and one more place. I want to say I want to say it's Atlanta, but it might be another place. I think Seattle. Then there's like ten tables. There's everybody is adding like a green track. Um, I think even Harvard has sustainability, you know, sustainable enterprise classes. But to be a truly green MBA, you have to think about are you approaching sustainability from a business standpoint or are you approaching business from a sustainable standpoint? Because, right. you know. Are there standards, are there international standards by which, you know, what is considered green? We, we've done several shows on green, and there's like some good, some version of the good housekeeping seal. There's a different level of that. There's like a four-star thing. There's is like green cubed or something. Can you talk a little well, about what it is that, that standardizes what it means to be green? Well, I think that's like saying, is there a standard for health? You know, the, the thing about sustainability well, don't is don't die? That, well, no, yeah. I mean, Stay that's alive. people's standards. <laughs> don't pollute. That's green. Um, but a whole another, you know, like Patagonia's standards for green clearly are very different from Walmart's standards for green. You know, Walmart's standards for green are let's have all of our employees recycle. And Patagonia's are, well, let's make all of our clothes recyclable. So, you know, along the spectrum, I, I like to say one of my favorite lines from Death to Smoochie, which is one of my favorite movies, huh. is you can't change the world, but you can make a dent. So um, I like to tell people to start with the three R's. Um, reduce, reuse, recycle. It's the most basic, and it's the easiest way. Uh, if you can just use a little bit less, um, pollute a little bit less, um, spend a little bit less on things that are just going to end up in a landfill. You can make a little dent. And I would like there, to applaud there's you. There's so many. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was only going to say that I would like to applaud you for probably being the only person to ever quote death for smooth, death to smooth. <laughs> you know, my I favorite, love that movie. My favorite song from that movie is "My stepfather is not mean; he's just adjusting." He's just adjusting. Wait, I that was that. with John Stewart and Edward Norton, right? And, and Robin yeah. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I uh -huh. remember that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the Purple Dinosaur Fantastic. or something. Yeah. Directed right. by Danny DeVito. I actually own it on DVD. Believe it or not. You're that. sad wow. man. Sad man. Can I tell oh, you when I moved from Kauai to California, I brought ten movies back with me, and that was one of them. Wow. I think. Um, where do you live now? Moving right along. <laughs> I live in California. Yeah, um, I, I, I think we found your 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 soulmate. Wait, where in California? I'm going to be in L.A. this weekend. Oh, uh, I'm in Northern California. I'm in the San Francisco East Bay. Oh, uh, just head down nice. five until you see me. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see you, but I'm I'm going to be at the Wildflower Triathlon this weekend. So. Yeah, I won't be at any triathlons this weekend. Speaking of Walmart, <laughs> though, I, I, it was interesting you brought that up. What would it take for something like Walmart to become? to be considered green in your eyes. And I'm, my, my lead-up to that question is about the fact that they're now embracing, you know, local organic foods to reduce the carbon footprint of travel, and they're now carrying brands like Greenworks and Martha Stewart Living and, 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 and in sort of putting them out front more uh, intentionally in front of the traditional more toxic brands. Do you see that as a sign of a shift, or is that like, you know, too little, too late? 
Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I mean, I, I'll be the first to say, like, in going through my program, I swallowed a really big blue pill. You, we really got to see the way that the world works. And if you a great um, video online, if you Google the story of stuff, um, oh, sure. I was just reading Annie about Leonard. That. Yeah. Yeah. She she talks a lot about um, where stuff comes from and how we use it and where it goes when we're done using it. And I I think that to say you know it's like saying well what would it take to make cigarettes healthy? Well maybe the maybe the structure of Walmart and doesn't enable it to be sustainable for any long period of time because it depends on an on a non-renewable resource it depends on petroleum so you know what i i think that the human I, I mean i don't mean to be all like you know nihilistic or anything like that but i think that we can't all live in teepees and our our certain elements of our lives as human beings are unsustainable i would be dead if it was not for petroleum you know i i would be stage 4 and yet in order for me to live, I have to make my peace with a treatment that is unsustainable and not only unsustainable but polluting. Um, so I think that Walmart being the, you know, they're the biggest purchaser of organic cotton in the world, and that's great. You right. know, that saves a ton of pesticides. And any inroads that they're going to make to try and lessen their dent on the world is I'm all in support of. Um, a couple weeks ago you talked about uh, what if – what if Marlboro called you and said, we have $5 million for She listens show. to the show. <laughs> Amazing. I do. And that's a point show. that I brought up on the show, so she listens yeah. to oh, me. Okay. Our new favorite guest. Oh, fantastic. Like, You're welcome it, back I mean, anytime. My, my 40 by 40, like, is changing because of Buckets for the Cure. I was like, I would rather give three grand a first descent than three grand a Komen, knowing that they are... I mean, in my opinion, yeah. But how much more cosmetic opinion, surgery could Brad Ludden possibly? But then it would need? be buckets for bread. <laughs> yeah. I was feeling feverish today, and I thought it was because I was looking at Brad's abs, and I realized that I probably had a stomach flu. Ah, okay. I might have been looking at Jack's shoes. April, you're coming yeah. to OMG, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to be I'm going to be the uh, the girl with the salt on her hand and the lime wedge in her mouth at M15 the night before. Oh my god. Wow. And she knows the name of man, you are my new favorite. Wow. So hold on. Right, so hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. After the Will you a get night a night of... off from the twins though, Matt? Like are, are you yeah, are you able to handle accused. it? I, you know, so it's interesting, the benefit of, and are you, are you my stalker? Because I love you right now. <laughs> the, um, the benefit, the odd narcissistic selfish benefit of them happening to come early is that it does free me up to have more of a social commitment to the, to the conference itself. To party. Yeah, to, I to enjoy. I will save you a live event, Matt. Blah, blah, blah. Wait, yeah. did you rig this somehow? Yeah, yeah. this is totally rigged. I bribed <laughs> Jess about a month ago and said, yeah. please make them come early. We want 34-week babies. <laughs> exactly. She's not here yet. She should be chiming in with the NYU Wi-Fi, but uh, that should be interesting. She's but, probably arguing with them over the Wi-Fi right yeah, now. Yeah, probably. So let, I want to hear about the contents of April's book, Recipe for Lemonade. Yeah, what's that came, about? It came out as this, an e-book I was gonna say, for Amazon. This, is that right? Yes, it's available on Amazon, and actually, it's a nice segue because, um, you know, the the premise of the book is basically life is going to give you lemons. Um, life is not fair. You know, bad things happen, good things happen too. Um, things like cancer, job loss, foreclosure. Um, I don't pretend that life doesn't give you lemons. I, I'm actually a, a real proponent of pragmatism when it comes to, um, you know, an, an, a healthy approach to life. I, I don't like the idea that you can you know, have a perfect life where nothing goes wrong because I think that invites people to have a letdown. Um, just like 
the idea that Walmart will ever be sustainable is, is not realistic. But what you can do is look at the lemons that you're dealt, and you realize that all they are is unexpected disappointments. So what do you offer tips or Yeah, it's exactly it. It's like how do you know, in a in a pithy kind of way, there's like three suggestions. It's you know, you have to squeeze the lemon, so you have to get the juice out of it, what it's really about, what were your expectations that weren't met in this thing and were they realistic expectations? The second thing is you have to dilute it. So you have to kind of water down the disappointment that you have by comparing yourself to people who have it less fortunate than you. And then the third thing is you have to add sweetness. So you really want to look for the things in your life that are that are worth celebrating, that are really, really sweet, and you want to relish them because that's going to diminish, you know, the bitterness that you have over some, you know, thing you thought you deserved that you didn't get. I have two more quick questions for you because we've got to wrap in a minute. Yeah. Uh, number one is um, how amazed are you that Jack Buford finished the marathon, the New York City Half Marathon, with no training? With no training. I My feet applaud your feet, Jack. That's they not really true do. because I stretched out for like 10 minutes before the race. <laughs> and that's half the battle. Are you going to run the Are you gonna run the full with me, Jack? The full what? The full marathon, marathon in November. <laughs> Is, I'll is be it there. A wing, is it a wing ding eating contest? <laughs> he does it the full I'll Monty. I'll have for you at every mile, or at it's least a, at every borough. How's it's that? A peep eating contest. You know, that's something. It's funny that you said that <laughs> because me, our friend Megan Rogers yeah. said that to me when I first committed to doing the half marathon. What's that? That we have to have me do something at each mile. So, like the first mile would be like a Big Mac, and the second mile would be like two <laughs> Magnolia cupcakes, and the third mile would be like three Twinkies or something. A pack of Peeps. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, I really yeah, want is 12 days of Christmas, except like each mile I have to do something, and then who, whatever mile that I throw up at, who, <laughs> whoever had that mile in the pool would get like a bunch of money. Fantastic. Well, you know what I want even more, Jack? I want you to do the princess, mar- the princess half marathon with me in Disney World next year, next March. All right. Oh, he's only all over that. Only if it's a Team Stupid Cancer event. He's only if I can wear a pink dress and carry a Let's pink bucket of chicken. All right, okay. Team Stupid Cancer goes Disney. My last question, April, for you is: uh-huh. is I, I, I used to ask this question of all the survivors in the Survivor Spotlight, but I, I'm I'm curious to know. Obviously, you know our motto here is that remission is not a cure. Uh, what do you, do you have? A, just a quick, um, quick retort to what your version of cure is or uh, survivorship. You know, I really like the first. I first, I just had to give a plug to First Descent because they were so awesome. I oh, just got back yes. from Moab, our and national they were incredible. partners, First Descent. Yeah, they were fantastic, and I, I have to say that that week really taught me what it was. And it did is. Did you do hiking believe, or kayaking? What was your? We did climbing, and okay, it was climbing. in Moab, and it was phenomenal. And they, if you go to FirstDescent.org, all your listeners who don't know about it already, they're great. And what it taught me was that your life after cancer can be as good or better as your life before cancer. And that, to me, is a cure, is believing that you have not been subjected to something that has taken something away from you that you can never get back. Well I put. really feel that. This Ember Moment is brought to you by Emmerman Angels. Be well, number one. <laughs> Our friend Johnny Emmerman there once again. All right, April. I just signed up with them today, actually. They're fantastic. Another one of mm-hmm. our national partners. Thank you so I've, much for coming on the show. We'll see you we'll in I can't we'll wait to meet you at OMG. Thanks so much for having me. You April got first Capil, everybody. Yeah. AprilCapil.com, C-A-P-I-L. Did you hear that? Everybody coming to OMG, April just confirmed that she's got first round. Yes, first round by April. All right, well, now it's time to introduce our uh, our next guest tonight. Mm-hmm. 
friend of mine. Very excited to have him here. A local to New York City. One of the oldest musician survivors I've ever met. John Schrader began writing upon the diagnosis of testicular cancer at the age of 20. His music reflects the pains of losing life at a young age, a long climb up from what some call a dead-end town, a constant struggle to tell his story. The loss of his father at the age of nine was the rocky start that would shape his views on life. He just recently lost his mother to leukemia in 2006, and that's what he writes about. Lost his life, his songs are a slice of life, an amazing talent, an amazing guy. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show or back to the Stupid Cancer Show, John Schrader. John. Hi, John. Hi, how you doing? John, you and I have... that intro. Yeah. Um, well, you wrote it, so I can't take credit for it, so... <laughs> the song? That's John Schrader's song? Yeah. <laughs> He's the Green Onions, yeah. I wish I had credit on that. He knew it was Green Onions. Fantastic. There you go. Quality artist right there. There we go. So you and I have known each other like four years now or five years now, long yeah. before I2Y. Yeah, absolutely. And, I got a call uh, from you a long time ago, sure. That was a long time ago. And you're still up in the Mid-Hudson Valley, right? Yep, yep. Still, you know, but I'm back and forth uh, to New York. Up and near me. Yeah, well, you're up near Lisa. Over. Lisa lives in, uh, where do you live? Mid-Hudson Valley. Like Croton-ish <laughs> or something? Higher than Harry that. Town. Hudson Valley. The okay. huge house on the hill. What? No. So, yeah, John, I mean, we we haven't had you back on the show in a while, but this actually is your third appearance, if you believe it or not, after three, and a half, three years of broadcasting. Oh, wow. Um, we have a whole new set of listeners now that I'm very excited to share your story with and share your music with. We're going to play two of your songs today. True. Um, and uh, so talk to us about testicular cancer, uh, misdiagnosis, misunderstanding, your doctor's being 20 years old, having everything torn out from under you. Sure. I, I, I remember it vividly. <clears throat> and uh, it, it, the symptoms come on rather quickly, and I remember uh, dealing with the symptoms, just the pain of feeling you got kicked, basically, and then you get that pain in your stomach, and, and that went on for maybe a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, there was like swelling, uh, you know, twice the size, the normal size of a testicle. And um, my mom was around at the time, and she was a nurse, so I had no problem showing her. And, and, you know, we went to the emergency room that evening. I'll never forget it. And the doctor sent me home with an antibiotic and told me I had an infection. Never, you know, I look back on it, and I'm thinking, God, you're a medical professional, and you never thought to yourself, geez, this doesn't look quite normal. Let's order a, a, an ultrasound or something. But uh, I came home with the antibiotics and had convinced myself that they were working after about a week. <clears throat> and uh, I'd showed my mother again, and she says, no, it's not working. So we went to a specialist. And from that day forward, it was just a whirlwind. I remember he says, nope, we're going to do an ultrasound. This was on a Monday. He said, we're doing an ultrasound uh, Tuesday. And by Thursday, I was in the hospital for surgery. And, you know, bing, bang, boom. And they're talking to me about survival rates and you know a three-year window and Sloan Kettering in the city and I mean my head spun I just remember thinking you got the wrong guy I'm only 20 um, Wow so yeah it was just it, it was a whirlwind for a long time I remember telling Matt that until I met Matt and this entire organization for a long time I, it's a strange thing to say but I felt kind of ashamed of having gone through this and you know I didn't want to be part of I didn't want to be a cancer survivor I didn't want to be part of that club and 
and I was just kind of thrust into it, and um, I just was ashamed to talk to anybody about it. I remember I was, I would dread getting a girlfriend, and if it got to the point of being physical, I, I remember making excuses. Oh, you know, before anything would happen, I'd say, you know, I was born with one testicle, because I just felt so ashamed, because right. there was no support groups, there was no one to talk about it, and, and then Matt and I had met, and I got involved in this, and that almost changed overnight. I, I mean, feeling empowered through Matt's story, and... Matt's support and everybody's support, you know, through the organization. You know, I talk about it freely now with anybody. I mean, it's part of my music. It's part of my life. It's part of who I am. And and now, if I can help others, you know, I think it's kind of come full circle. And and I feel really good about it now. And I know that sounds weird when you're speaking about, you know, diagnosis of cancer. But you know, I feel I, I feel much more confident in speaking about it now. No, I think that that's important that you share that, John. I mean, obviously, a lot of listeners out there feel the same way. I felt the same way having breast cancer at age 29, also right. because it was an illness that had sexuality as a component to it. Sure. And then, but then just feeling, you know, again, like I'm too young, like embarrassed to sort of be having cancer at all right. at such a young age. Yeah. Uh, so this was, um, you're how old now? Uh, 43. Wow, fantastic. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I have to say, I'm pretty naive when it comes to testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. Lance Armstrong, another friend of mine who was an avid bike rider in college, also got testicular cancer. Right. Anything with you, anything physically that you did, like riding a bike or anything like that, any that would have any sort of cause potentially that any doctor would ever link to this? You, you know what? No one ever uh, gave me a link to this whatsoever, other than maybe a family history. But, I mean, I was in, other than being a musician, I was involved. I played competitive sports my entire life, but... I mean, I rode bikes as a kid. I, I, I'm certainly not competitively like Lance Armstrong, and I, I would hate to say that, you know, I don't want to scare anybody into thinking that riding right. bikes as a kid is going to give you testicular <laughs> right. cancer. Right. But, um, no, it, you know, it's funny. No one ever said to me, you know, where the link could have come from. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Well, I want to, um, I want to play both of the songs. I want to play Funny Man because that is the orig- origin of our relationship, but I also want right. to play this new track you sent me. Um, one of the things out there, folks, that I, I really am very proud of is that over the course of the years uh, since I was diagnosed, um, I, I was a, a concert pianist. Many of you know my story, but I was an aspiring concert pianist uh, when I was diagnosed with brain cancer my senior year of college, and my entire career had to come to a halt. It took me five years to rehabilitate myself, but by then it was too late to go back to grad school, so I had an alternate life that I had to accept my new normal. I was so inspired when I met other young adult survivors who were musicians because we shared such a common bond through the universal language of music and our ability to express ourselves. And again, John was one of the very first survivors I met, uh, and I listened to his music and it blew me away. But one song in particular uh, really stood out for me, and um, it's called Funny Man. Uh, John, do you want to just give us a quick one sentence about the song and then we'll play it? Sure, it's basically about lose. You know, once you get a diagnosis like this, and there's nobody there to really help you through the emotional uh, ups and downs of it all. You don't know what's normal, what's right, what's wrong. And this is ba- the song was written basically about losing myself through that diagnosis. Well, there you have it. And what's the name of the album again? Uh, the brand new one or the one that that was off of? The one off Funny Man. Uh, that was. Um, is that from Discontent? <clears throat> I think, yes, from Discontent, the very first CD, correct. Okay, this is Funny Man from the album From Discontent by John Schrader. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
and I remember vividly that it was the the year that Elvis was playing live from Hawaii. Uh-huh. And I remember coming in the house and seeing this guy in the jumpsuit, and I had no idea who the heck it was, and my mom said I was mesmerized. And from that day forward, everything in my life was music. I you know, started learning to play instruments in the third grade, and, and I've never stopped. Um, you know, put, I started uh, slowly but surely getting my own studio together, and now I have my own studio where I put the CDs out and have a live band that I've been taking out for the past you know, four years. and got a bunch of websites. I'm on Facebook and MySpace and Reverb Nation. I have my own website, johnschrader.com, where, you know, you can get all the merchandise and CDs and, and that kind of thing. Do you have any gigs coming up where folks can go see you play? Well, we're kind of booked in this area right to the end of the year, uh, and we're kind of filling some holes. And the next local thing we're playing is July uh, God, I think July 23rd here in Kingston. And Aren't you going to China or something? Kingston, New York. Yeah, we're supposed to. We were invited actually by a project that's spearheaded by Bob Ezrin. Uh, not, not many people who listen to music know who Bob Ezrin is, but in the writing and production world, Bob Ezrin is legendary. He's worked with Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and, and you name it. And he is uh, partnered with a guy that I know in Hong Kong who used to work for EMI Capital. And now he's in Hong Kong with his own thing, and, and uh, he and Bob have this project where they're bringing uh, indies from the U.S. over to Beijing. So I got a call one night, and they invited us over, and sure, I just I jumped at that chance. So that's still in the planning stages because it's kind of a grueling process to get it off the ground. Wow. But, uh, yeah. So we're you know we're expecting to go to China this summer, and you know we're in the uh, running to open up for Bon Jovi. Um, Cool. Uh, Is that all? Just Bon Jovi, huh? Cool. Yeah. You couldn't produce like Usher or. <laughs> you're right. Or you know what was it? Booker T and the MGs. With exactly. Green Come back when you're opening for Lady Gaga, then you'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so a... this this last song here, I mean, uh, your is this from your most recent album? Yeah, brand new record came out about a few months ago, and that was a a, a very long time in the making. It was just kind of marred with like just tragedy you know losing my mom and and uh you know i i was engaged and uh that went down the crapper and so the whole record was just kind of you know another cathartic uh release so but and what's uh, the name of the album daylight crashing daylight wow. crashing wow that's powerful so and what's the name of the song we're going to play here that you sent me i don't know what i forgot what i sent you matt <laughs> All right, well, I'll play the first. I think I think it's dangling, I believe. I think I think that's what I sent you. Well, here's what it sounds like. What is that? That's dangling. Okay. <laughs> Dangling's appropriate for a testicular show. Yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> that's very true. There we go. It's always uh, it's always in the subconscious, whether you think you're writing about it or not, huh? Dangling. It's always there, right? <laughs> all right, well, we're going to play dangling, and then we'll say goodbye to John. So stay on the line, John, all right? Sure. This is dangling.
My God, you're talented. We'll have to get you to some of the uh, Hudson Valley places in my area, John. Yeah, we got to get you performing up in our neck of the woods there. Oh, absolutely. We, you know, we played the bitter end, and uh, that was a that was a big thrill. To get, cool. And we're trying to get back down into the city and Long Island and that kind of thing. So. And and our our, our uh, ulterior motive is not to find you a girlfriend. We promise. <laughs> oh yeah, but believe me, I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if Matt throws his bra on stage. What? <laughs> Pardon me. That would I'll be the man's ear. Right. Man's ear. Yeah, my man's ear. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, John. You know I love you. You're a great guy. Um, I I hope to really see you soon. Um, I'm I'm sorry you couldn't make the OMG summit, but by all means, when next time you're in New York, please call me. I'd love to meet you for lunch. Good luck with Absolutely. everything. The feeling is completely mutual, Matt. All right, bro. You take care Thanks, of yourself. John. Be well, John right. Schrader, everybody. Thank you guys so very much for having me on. You guys take care. All right. So how to introduce our next guest uh, properly? Um, news first. Oh, yeah, we were going to do the news. Oh, I forgot the news. All right, so oh, here. I'm Kent Brockman, and Let's this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. All righty, uh, we're going to break for the news right here and listen to Jack Buffard stammer through a series of special announcements to let our listeners know about a whole bunch of stuff Go, Jack. you might otherwise not know about. We don't want you missing out on free young adult special events like conferences, happy hours, retreats, scholarships, support groups, kayaking trips, music concerts, and more. So if you have something coming up that you would like to hear our audience know about, please send an email to Jack Buffard. His email address is very simple, jack at i2y.com. Take it away. Go, Jack. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Matthew. Here is your Super Cancer News. First of all, you can head up. Head on over to events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is your one-stop shop for all stupid cancer events happening nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out, especially if I'm not going to be there. I'm actually excited to report that we have launched a bunch of uh, new events on the calendar this week. We have happy hours happening in Philadelphia. Our spring fling is happening here in New York City. There's a happy hour in San Francisco in Michigan, and in New Orleans. So good luck to everyone with their events, and I'll see you here on Wednesday for the Spring Fling in New York City. All right, folks, being that I like both the time and intelligence to share with you all the great stuff we have going on for young adults, I have created the Boof News blog. Everyone needs to check out boofnews.i2y.com. That's B-O-O-F.i2y.com. It is the official list of all super cancer news resources. These include surveys, exercise program, writing workshop, peer services, and fertility resources. In the Boof News blog, as well as events.i2y.com, you will see all the official dates for First Ascent. You can head on over to firstascent.org to check out the climbing, kayaking, and hiking camp. It's a blast. April did it this past week. I did the kayaking last year, and I highly recommend everyone take a First Ascent. And again, the website is firstascent.org. Can't Make a Dream has launched their calendar for all the young adult events happening this summer. And there are still rooms available room available at the Young Adult Survivors Conference and the Young Adult Conference, as well as the Women's Ovarian Cancer Retreat and the Women's Cancer Retreat. Head on over to cantdream.org for all the information you need about Can't Make a Dream and how to register. And that, my friends, is your short but sweet Super Cancer News. 
You know, I, I've missed the days of you stammering through the news, so it was yeah. nice to have you stammer through the news again. <laughs> I did. I well, when I try to wing something, I kind of stammer. Yeah. And it's hard, like when Lisa when Lisa's looking at me with those big beautiful eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, you know what? That was Amanda. I'm sorry. I was looking on the wrong side of the room. Am I getting a vibe here? Yeah, we're actually going to go on a first date to the John, John Schrader band. Jack's had go. his back to me the entire show, <laughs> by the way. Uh, you want me to put my well, feet up? I'll tell oh. you what. Hey, baby. We're oh. going to introduce our, uh, our, our our final guest yeah, tonight here. Yeah, out of her misery. Yeah. <laughs> this guy can only be introduced with this song. Bam. Oops. Michael Tiernan is an award-winning singer-songwriter based out of San Diego. His battle with testicular cancer at the age of 16 sent him on a lifelong search for meaning. That search led him to some wild places from almost being ordained a Catholic priest in Rome a few years back to backpacking to the mountain temples in Japan. It ultimately led him to a career in music, a thriving and successful career in music, I might add, where he shares his insights and experiences in song. He's currently working on his fourth album. Please welcome my friend, Michael Tiernan. Mike. Michael. What is up, MZ? Dude, <laughs> dude, dude, I love you, man. I love the intro, man. I was I was boxing in the mirror. Please <laughs> <laughs> can get me. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I just realized who this is. Like we've had him on the show before, but isn't he and John like aren't they linked together with that side out of our life you did on Lifetime or something? Yeah, Mike, did I ever tell you this? I don't remember. A long time ago, like in the summer of God, oh seven, uh-huh. I was I did some script advising. I'm getting off topic, but I did some script advising for Lifetime Television. They had a oh yeah, and we were the punchline. You guys were right? the punchline. The scene was a. Uh, for those of you out there that aren't aware, I I did some script advising on a on a um on a show called Side Order of Life for Lifetime Television. Hey, you act- yeah, I, I guest starred as myself in a scene that I wrote for them because one of the main characters was a young adult survivor, and they wanted her to go to one of our happy hours in the show. So uh, they wanted to just invent the names of some random extras as characters. And, you know, I have a, Christine Bays, who's another one of our musician friends, is a cervical survivor. So I threw a, one of the... Um, the lead character walks in and says, are all these people survivors? And I said, some are friends and family, but that's Christine. She had cervical cancer, blah, blah, blah. And those two guys over there, Mike and John, they both had testicular cancer. They're musicians, the best of friends, and we call them the nut jobs. That's it, the nut jobs. But I'm chop. So, yeah. So I, I, I live up true to that name. So. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, if anybody wants to see it, that's on the I2Y YouTube page, right? Yeah, go to YouTube.com slash I'm Too Young for this. But in all seriousness, Mike, God, I love having you on the show. It's always great to, to talk to you. You have so much karma and spirit and energy, and, you know, I, I, your music is constantly on rotation every time. I, I don't have to tell you how much I love your music, but... Thank you, brother. I appreciate and that. And we're just meeting for the first time, Michael, yes. and I'm looking at your website here and your bio, and uh, there's no exaggeration, oh, I... really, in the intro to <laughs> what you've done with your life. Um, it's pretty crazy. Life, life, life has moved very quickly, you know? Monks and Vaticans and Buddhism and oh my, <laughs> traveling. oh my, indeed. But but now now I'm just I'm just hanging down in San Diego and I'm married and I I just had my second kid and Matthew, congratulations, cool. going to pick up the boy. Yes, 
Yes, yes, yes. I'm catching up to you. Matt's very having quickly. his second kid on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Isn't that funny? It's like going to get some bread. Hey, honey, I'm going to the store. Yep. Oh, look, be twins. Back, I'll be back yeah. with two kids, and I won't sleep for the next 20 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to get I have to get the Tiernan indoctrination here. Songster yep. of the heart and mind, it says on your website. You are that's a songster right. of the heart and mind. Well, you know, that's kind of a <laughs> little little saying that you got to put up on your website, you know. Also, but yeah, I, 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 I try to shoot straight from the heart and straight from, you know, also give you some things to think about, and that's, you know, where songs come from and stuff that I've been pondering over and, and uh, wrestling with that usually comes out in a song. So I was going to say, and starting from the young thing. age, from starting from the young age, songs are from the heart and mind and starting from the testicles? Is that that's right, thing? right from the gut, <laughs> below the gut. Below the gut. From your, so it's... 16 you were? Is that right? Yeah, I was I was 16 years old. I was um, getting actually a physical for uh, soccer, to be on the soccer team that year. And uh, it was a bunch of um, kind of med students giving these these uh, these free physicals at the school. And you kind of go around to different stations and they check out different things. And then I got to the uh, the ball jiggler guy and uh, he said, hmm, something's <laughs> Isn't that a juggler, not a jiggler? Did he get that on Monster.com or something? I, as a woman, I never knew that when you got a physical as a guy, there was the ball jiggler guy. It's a little jiggling. It's a little coughing. Uh, it's a you know, cough and a jiggle. All right. Nice. Okay. And you can, gotcha. you can also get them at most rest stops oh. on the New York <laughs> That's only New York. <laughs> Just take the 405 down to Tijuana. You'll, you'll, you'll get, get the jiggler. Or if you're in the next stall next to Senator Craig. Yeah, in Minnesota, right. Oh my. Okay. I'll no, but yeah, they right. they um they discovered you know a drastic irregular irregularity there because my left testicle was three times bigger than my right testicle, and you'd think I would have said something, but I was 16 and I was sure. You know, it's just weird. It's just a crazy thing to to think about, talk about, tell someone about. Um, very confusing. So, um, but anyways, he had referred me to a real doctor. A uh, certified we, PhD. We like real there. doctors. <laughs> That's right, and um, and it, it was pretty much the guy knew right away. Hey man, this is serious. We got to get you, get you rocking. So I know. And I was listening to John's story. It was kind of a, you know, they sent him home with antibiotics the first time. That's crazy. So they they caught mine kind of right away and and jumped on it and and uh, we took care of things in 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 over the period of a half a year and and I was. Uh, in remission and never came back. So, wow. but in the in the meantime, it just completely changed the direction of my life and in a in a very good way. So, is that what made you then take off and want to travel and kind of live and have the adventures that you went off and had? You know, it kind of life and death questions that you deal with. I guess you know, especially when you're 16, it kind of started that search for me. Um, and so I looked in in different places. You know, kind of started reading and. Um, philosophy and theology and stuff like that. So, yeah, it did start that kind of, that passion for kind of... Typical stuff for a 16-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Well, it took, it took me a little longer than that, exactly. Were you but playing by guitar by 16? I, um, I picked up the guitar uh, at 17, actually. Oh, wow, okay. So this sort of gave you the muse, if you would. It did, it did. And, and before that, I mean, I just, you know, I was just kind of a regular home little little dude, uh, <laughs> 16-year-old, and this kind of got me thinking a little deeper and questioning and struggling and, and um, you know, 
it set set me on a good traje- trajectory. So. How did you, Matt? So you're in so you're in high school. You think you're going to go out and play soccer. You get right. this diagnosis at 16. I mean, how did you even interact with your friends? Could you even begin to sort of have a dialogue with them about it at, at such a young age? Yeah, I mean, you know, they were they were petrified, obviously first for me. And then, you know, that, and that was a big push after, you know, and, and the doctors were really good in steering me in that direction. Hey, you, you, can, you can use this to help others, you know, talk to, talk to your friends, tell them, hey, it's just as simple as, as, uh, of a process as examining yourself and not being afraid, you know, to, to talk about it. So, um, but, yeah, at, at the time, man, I didn't know what the heck was up. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really know how to deal with it, and they, neither did they. We just, uh, you know, the friends were great. They, they uh we played lots of Nintendo, and they sent me lots of cards. <laughs> so this was what year? This is back in, um, geez Louise, 89. It had wow. to be 89 if you were playing Nintendo. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we had to blow in your cartridge to make it work. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, you could blow off the dust. Yep, exactly. <clears throat> well, I, I want to cut to... uh my 37th birthday, so... Well, there you go. Cool. That's right. You're a year older than me. I forgot about that. So <laughs> I'm I, your I, elder. You are <laughs> definitely my elder, for sure. Um... <laughs> I want to cut the slowdown because I want to play both the songs, the one you sent me in a slowdown. Um, cool. Because, again, I, I just I fall in love with the music of these these musicians. You know, we all need to be... Like, the world needs to know John Schrader and Mike Tiernan. We do need to create, like, some sort of... Like, the, they have the testival, you know? We need to create something similar to that. Which a testi- the, testicle festival? The te- it, it's just these, these... The Cancer Palooza Testival or something like that, where we just send these guys around doing testicular cancer awareness for I2I. What amazing ideas. But what album is Slow Down from? Slow Down is from uh, my second album that I'm called Jumping In. Jumping In, that's right, that's right. You want to give us a little bit, little uh, background behind it before we cut to it? Um, the song Slow Down is basically when I had decided to actually become a full-time musician and pursue my career as a as a songwriter. Um, I got really immersed in the business of music, and I forgot to actually be an artist. And so I hadn't written a song in like eight months, and so I forced myself to uh, slow down and turn off the computer and start listening again, and, and that was the first song that came to me when I did, in fact, slow down and and, uh, and just started being an artist again. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's cut away to slow down. Here we go. Much running with blind eyes, fickle rat race to fickle pride. Too much grasping at fake things, empty hands and hurt feelings. Too much action, not enough. Hope 
I had no idea that was his song. That's my karaoke song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to get a video of you karaokeing that song. So, uh, Mike, talk talk to us a little bit about uh, you know what I mean. I want to just point this out too again in the uh, the serendipitous relationship that Mike and I have. He was one of the very first people to buy our wristbands and send in a photo. So, if anyone goes to my Facebook page and looks at the photos of these stupid cancer wristbands, the Album the the photo that is the uh, cover to that album is Mike wearing our wristband giving the bird. It is the consummate picture I would have ever wanted to ask for to embody the whole point of the movement. And dude, you owned it. Nice. Oh, uh, thank you. I, and I and you know what I I push those wristbands so much. I sell them at shows and and or take donations and uh, um and and hopefully you know at the end of the year I'll have a big hunk of money again to give you <laughs> for, some, for selling some of those things with shows. You um, can give it to us in the form of a check. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. People people love them. I mean, they, they just everybody's touched by them and they just resonate, you know, so it's it's, it's very cool. So Good job you, on so, so, Mike, let me ask you too. You're, uh, so you're working on your fourth album now, is that right? It actually is, is finished. I just got the master of this last week. And, uh, Congratulations, wow. man. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. And tell us about trying to make it in the music business these days. I mean, is there stuff that you try to sell your songs to television networks, commercials? You're hitting the road mostly with the CDs. Yeah. What? You know, because when I when I started out, it was more about hitting the road and and doing it that way. Um, the last couple of years has been more kind of just focusing on my home area, and then exactly right, um, really just trying to get the uh, TV and, and movie placements and stuff like that. And I've had, the, my last album had about 12 or 13 placements on a couple different shows. Um, so, you know, kind of getting the, the feet wet there, and I hope with this new album 
that there's just uh, it t- kind of takes off that way. You know, I that's great. I what live, shows? So we can. Um, I was near. on um, I, uh, MTV Real World used a bunch of my stuff. Great. Um, and, then, and then a couple of their spinoffs of the Real World used used a few songs. And then um, I had one on. It's an Al canceled show. Hopefully, it didn't have anything to do with my music. But um, <laughs> it was an ABC <laughs> show called Men in Trees. I remember that show. Yeah. 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 So kind of plugging away that way, and then just you know trying to trying to be the shiznit in San Diego out here. You know. <laughs> Maybe you'll make it onto like an episode of Jersey Shore during a fight scene or something. <laughs> no, I, I write my music with that exactly in mind. <laughs> and like the cookies poof going flying across the room. Oh or something. no! Oh no! So uh, is it, I, I want to again. I, I mean, we want to play the song that you sent me. But what? How was your creative process changed in the last you know couple of years? Well, uh, being being a parent and being you know full time musician and, and doing the gigs and and keeping the business going and trying to be a good dad and a good husband, it's it's definitely changed a lot. Um, it's kind of taken everything I've learned. I mean, most most of my songwriting process before was all about you know slowing down, like that first song, um, creating space in your life, you know, meditating, praying, whatever you do, really appreciating what's around you, the people in your life. But that takes time. Now I don't have any time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so, for scaring the crap out of me. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. So the challenge now is taking pretty much all I've learned and experience and just inserting that in a little bit into each day, you know, just those little moments of awareness when you're holding your kid or you're, you know, just that, those quiet times. And it, that's where I write my songs. Um Kind of in those moments, and then um, I'll break away to to try to to try to write them down, and and, and at the end of a period of time, hopefully have a, another album. <laughs> so this last album um, took took me twice as long as my other ones, but it took about three years. Um, but I think the content is just so focused in now and centered, and I just I'm in love with the songs, and I'm in love with what they're about and where they came from. So I'm really really excited about it. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to bring this up, but did you want to talk about your family recently? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I could have been on the on the show last week with the sarcoma uh, sarcoma show. Um, but one of the songs, um, and you asked me also how I want to get out there as well. Um, and one of the songs off this album, I want to kind of have it be the front runner, um, and it's not through a traditional way to get it out there. But um, I want to. Uh, Put the song strong to a to a video and have survivors kind of send in videos of their struggles of their you know them going through treatment or whatever. Uh, my brother this last year passed away um, from sarcoma that got into his lungs, and he had fought for two years. He he died in July, um, and this song is called Strong, and I wrote it for him, and it's it's based on um, the first time he he told me that of his diagnosis. Um, so the the song you're gonna hear um, is one that I want every everyone who's been through cancer, going through it, and knows someone has lost someone, whatever stage they're at, if they beat it, if they're still struggling, I want them to hear this song, and and um, it's it's for my brother Joe, and it's for my whole family, and it's for the extended family of uh, of uh, survivors and and the whole network. So um, so this is this is called Strong for Joe Tiernan. Yes. All right, here we go. Thank you, brother.
Powerful, powerful, that powerful. That is an amazing, amazing song. That's an oh, amazing man. song. It's it's still hard for me to listen to that song. I'm even sure on the it phone. is. <laughs> wow, yeah. it's incredible. Not and just the lyrics, of course, but musically, just when it kicks in with the guitars and the drums at that point, kind of two thirds. It just wow, wow. Thank you, thank wow. you so much. Do you need a hug, I do. No, you no. need to hug Mike, you moron. <laughs> we all do. I, I wish we could have a big group hug, all of us now. Ah, uh, Mike, man, you you game changed uh, the 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 system. It's amazing. Oh man, I yeah, that song is just it's uh, yeah, it gets me. And and I I want like I said, I want everybody to hear it. And I, I was actually I was thinking about this before Matthew was um, maybe you can help me do this, but I want to put together just a really nice video of of people going through their journey, you know, um, and put it to that song. Um, I don't know, maybe just take I've shaved my head and blow up to be in that video. No, I, <laughs> well, Mike, would it make you feel better if you knew that we were using it in our, um, in our documentary? Oh, holy shit. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, nice brother. Yeah. That makes me feel great. That, that's, that makes me feel really good. I mean, yeah. I, I made a special point to the to the producer and the director that oh, we have to fit this serious. in somehow. Yeah. Oh, you are awesome, Matthew. Thank you so much. So, and you'll get full credit, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll do That's good by you. Great for the song. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. But, I want to know more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, good luck. Uh, we got to close this show, but you know, you're a great guy. Your your kinship to me, your family, and and it's just thank amazing you, to know you Thanks, and. Buddy. Thank you for scaring the crap out of me with my pending children on Friday. So, <laughs> dude, it's 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 the craziest, most challenging, but the most beautiful thing ever. You're gonna be so stoked, my brother. Love it, love I'm it. I'm excited for you. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Great right. talking to you, Mike. God bless you, Mike. Take care, you guys. Care, Mike. All right, Take Mike Tiernan, everybody, the one and only. Wow, what a show. What a Good show! Stuff. The chat room loved it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love the shows. I mean, where we, I mean, I know it's a talk show, talk radio, but there's nothing like just the substantive nature of listening to music, because it is radio, right? And there's so much talent out there that we want people to hear. Uh, again, Mike and John, I've known them so long. I don't see them that often, but. You know, apparently we're going to see John a little more now than we used to. Yeah. But every time I'm out in L.A., I go down to see Mike, and we try to make it work. And he's been a part of every Cancer Palooza event we've done out there. And it's just, as a musician whose career was stolen from him. Yes. You know, I mean, obviously you can personally believe. Well, we'd love to have guests that are just so express themselves so creatively. Yes. I mean, with what they've been through and what everybody's been through, and to have such a shared communal experience and have something that everybody can relate to. You know, whether they're a musician or an author or a blogger or whatever they do, um, it's just a- amazing the the breadth of, of talent yeah. that uh, comes on our show, that what folks can create. It's just it's, it's, it's great. <sighs> yeah. Well, we're about out of time. Um, I will let everyone else know out there that next week's show will be the very first Stupid Cancer show where I will be a daddy. Nice. And you and you will have been up for four days straight. And I will have not have Friday. slept <laughs> since Friday at 5 a.m. But uh, if that is that is what's going on, so let's hit our closing sequence. It's almost sentimental. It's the we last. Got, we have to give, we, but we also have to give a major shout out to wife Jessica. Yeah, my wife Jessica is the greatest person on the planet. I love her to death. She's my soulmate, and she is 
a trooper of troopers for going through what she's gone through the last 33 weeks. Every woman has challenges with pregnancy. Every husband's going to say, God bless my wife. She does a great job. Jessica has done an extraordinary job. It's not been easy, but uh, i got to give her credit. She's the love of my life. She's the mother of my children. And uh, this is going to be the best day of our life on Friday. What time should I be there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, now Jack just ruined it. Okay. (laughs) Now it's time for our closing sequence, everybody. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, folks, that's tonight's show. I hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. I'd not only like to thank our guests, I'd love to thank our guests. April, Kapil, John, Schrader, and Mike Tiernan. Next week's show begins our three-week series on the OMG Summit, Employment and Insurance in our Survivor Spotlight. Eric Anthony Galvez, young adult survivor of brain cancer, the founder of Mass Kickers and the author of Reversal. In our roundtable... Joanna Morales from the Cancer Legal Resource Center, Rebecca Nellis from Cancer and Careers, and Laura Mosiello from Cancer Care. If you missed any of our past shows, check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com or search for Stupid Cancer on the iTunes Store. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week live from the chemo decks. Jack Buffard, Lisa Bernhardt, Amanda Freeman, Captain Sumi and I wish you all... A great week. Go to bed, Cora. Fucker out. You won't hurt anymore.